Well, anyone who chooses to go into the superintendency knows that you're choosing a potentially volatile profession. <laughs> if stability and predictability is what you want, this is not the job path for you. Uh, so I think we all know going in that things change. Um, board members change, other things change. So uh, sometimes it's out of a superintendent's control how long they stay. Dr. Susan Enfield has been in Reno for just short of two months, and already she is making changes to the Washoe County School District. For This Week in Reno News, I am your host, Bob Conrad, with thisisreno.com. The This is Reno radio show can be heard on Sunday mornings on KWNK Community Radio at 97.7 FM or on your favorite podcast player. Susan Enfield arrived in Reno to be the next superintendent of the Washoe County School District. Here she is speaking at a recent meeting of the district's board of trustees. Vice President Nicolette always asks the really thought-provoking <laughs> questions. No, I appreciate that. Uh, well, I believe that trust is essential, and trust doesn't come about through magic beans and pixie dust or because we wish it so. Trust comes about through building relationships with takes time, takes commitment, takes honesty, takes self-reflection. And so what I want to do is build relationships within the community. And this is less about people trusting me, but people trusting us. I want Washoe County School District to be seen as a trusted organization by our students, our families, our community members, that we mean what we say, we say what we mean, that we are clear, and this will come out in our strategic planning, what are our core values that we are going to live by that are going to guide the work that we do. And that, um, and, and I said this in the conclusion of, of my plan, um, I think my sharing out progress on a regular basis is critically important. Owning our mistakes when we make them is critically important. And doing that publicly and making it right. I don't think that, that um, the public expects us to be perfect, but they certainly expect us to own our mistakes. For this show, we spoke at length about her plans for the district. Um, Dr. Enfield, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, welcome to the Reno community. I know you're Washoe County, but uh, we are. This is Reno. So um, we frequently don't mention Sparks, but we actually we love Sparks. They're great. Um, who is Dr. Susan Enfield and um, what brought you to Washoe County? Sure. So uh, I was born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area, and that's where many of my family and friends still reside. So uh, in my, I started my career in education as a high school English journalism and English as a second language teacher. Uh, and I won't go through my whole resume. People can look that up, I'm sure, on their own. But um, for the last 10 years prior to coming here, I served as the superintendent for Highline Public Schools, which is just south of Seattle, Washington. And, and if I read, if I remember what I read correctly, uh, you actually didn't apply for other jobs that you could have been eligible for to stay in that district for the, the tenure that you were there. Is that correct? Did I... Uh, sh- sure. I, I, mean, I think, I think superintendents, um, there's always, I, you know, I think if you've been in the, in the work long enough, uh, people come to you and ask you if you would consider, you know, joining their district. I though am a big believer that the work of, of educational improvement takes time. And it doesn't happen in two or three years. It's a five to seven to 10 year endeavor. And so I was very committed to seeing the work through in Highline. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 
That being said, every leader has a shelf life. And I think it's important to know not just for you when it's time for a change, but frankly, for the organization. Uh, I'll be very honest. I, I love Highline. I had a great board, great team, great community. There was nothing wrong. You know what I mean? In many ways, people would say there was no reason to leave. But I felt that I needed a fresh professional challenge. And I thought the district deserved a leader with fresh eyes. So, uh, you know, I made the decision to start looking. And I was very deliberate in where I looked. Um, I not only for me personally, but for my husband, where we live matters not just to me, but to him. And he gets a say in that. And uh, I actually uh, wanted to go to a district that um, where there was a good, solid foundation in place to do good work. And ideally, that, ideally that brought me closer to my family. And, and Washoe checked those boxes. So here I am. And we have sunshine. So um. My husband reminds me, 300 days a year. That's what he's been <laughs> promised. And so, yes, we are going to hold you to that. <laughs> um, so, you know, your, your, your response raises a couple uh, questions, mm-hmm. which is, you know, we seem to have, with the exception of uh, Paul Dugan many years ago, um, who I believe was here for a decade or more, um, please don't quote me on that, but our last set of superintendents were here for two to four years each. Um, and many of those for reasons not of their choosing. <laughs> How can you be committed in a system that, that we currently have to, a let's say, a, a, a decade-long tenure as superintendent here? Sure. Well, anyone who chooses to go into the superintendency knows that you're choosing a potentially volatile profession. (laughs) If stability and predictability is what you want, this is not the job path for you. Uh, So I think we all know going in that things change. Um, Board members change, other things change. So uh, sometimes it's out of a superintendent's control how long they stay. And that's just a fact. Uh, I, however, uh, do have a four-year contract, so I'm hoping that you are all stuck with me for at least four years, and that together we do uh, such good work that that gets extended so that I can be here, because as I said, I think this work takes time, and I really am in this for the long haul. And I'll be really honest with you, Bob, I'm of an age where... I don't know that I'm, I think this may be my last superintendency. You know what I'm saying? So, sure. oh, yeah. so I really am in this for the long haul and I'm committed to being here, to making this home. It already feels like home. I have to say, uh, people here have been incredibly warm and welcoming. Um, it's, it, it has really been astonishing to me. And so it really does feel like home. And as I said, I'm closer to family. So I'm, I'm planning to stay as long as you all will have me. Well, welcome. You know, I, I think I said that before, but welcome again at a recent board meeting. You've only been here uh, just over a month and a half or about a month and a half. I think it's six weeks today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned um, phases mm. and I wanted to, to talk about those, um, but I also have a, a particular question. So do you want to explain maybe those three phases of what you're planning in the sure. next six months or so? Yeah. So it's common best practice for superintendents when they enter a district to craft an entry plan and share that with trustees and the community and staff and students so they know what to expect. What can you expect of me in these first few months. Uh, And so in crafting my entry plan, uh, I really sort of chunked it into three different phases. And so phase one will take us through October. And this is my listening, learning, and building relationships. It's doing things like this, meeting you, um, you know, doing interviews, being in schools, meeting with community groups, meeting with families, learning as much as I can. um, And at the same time, diving into the data so that I can then um, in mid-October provide the the trustees and the community with uh, sort of here are my find here's what I've learned so far 
You know, here's what I found to date that, that's of interest. And then phase two will be taking that information and crafting it into a report. Um, you know, here's what I found. Here are the areas where I think we really need to make some improvements. Here are the strengths I really believe that we need to build upon. And here's what you can look to in the next, you know, several months. Uh, and then what that will do uh, is lay the foundation for phase three, which will really go from probably January through June, which is our uh, community-wide strategic planning um, process, which I'm very excited about, um, because that really will involve the entire community and our staff and our students, uh, culminating in a, in a multi-year strategic plan that the board will adopt in June. So all of that is very high level on what the phases are. I will tell you, though, that I have established three very clear priorities that are going to guide me for the foreseeable future. And the first one is getting back to basics, ensuring that all students get the high-quality education they need, in the, and they need and deserve so that they can graduate and go and be productive members of our community and society at large. That's what we're in the business to do. Educate children, ensure that they graduate prepared for whatever path they choose for themselves. That's priority one. Priority two is building trust within the community, with families, with community members, so that they see Washoe County School District as a trustworthy organization, as an organization that communicates openly and honestly, that takes feedback, that celebrates successes, shares progress, and owns mistakes when we make them. So building those relationships with communities and families. And then finally, um, really ensuring that the Washoe County School District is a strong, healthy, uh, resilient organization where all staff are given the supports they need in order to be successful. What do you what do you attribute the reasons to perhaps a perception of lack of trust in the community? Uh, why why is that? Well, and I don't think that's unique to Washoe County School District. I yeah, think we've seen overall. we've seen, especially yeah. I think over the last couple of years, I think particularly uh, with the pandemic, um, a, a lot of questions from from the community, from public around their local schools, mm-hmm. um, and I think that it, that's opened up some probably long overdue conversations around uh, how we run our public education system, what our public education is set out to do, and so what I think is is challenges things is there's sort of what's happening happening at the local level, and then there's what's happening at the national level. And so I think sometimes people conflate that and think that what they're hearing about happening in a school district in another part of the country is necessarily true here. And that may not be the case. So this is where communication comes in, right? And we have a great communications team. However, I believe as the superintendent that I need to be the chief communicator, the chief cheerleader, the, you know, all of that. And so you know, I'm going to make myself available to as many people as often as I can to build those relationships. Because Bob, honestly, trust doesn't just happen on its own miraculously. Trust is built over time through relationships. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I'm going to invest a lot of my time in these first couple of months. Yeah. So your your priorities um, don't really mention the Frankly, it's a crisis of, of labor uh, that we're experiencing. And just this morning, I heard perhaps a middle school uh, will not even open. Is that correct? That's uh, So time? that's not a, a staffing issue. That's a construction issue. Okay. So we have some schools. But actually, I, I'm going to actually say that my third priority around staff mm-hmm. is specifically geared towards the fact that we do have some staffing shortages. Because yeah. here's the deal. I, I We have work to do, at, at, not just in Washoe County School District, as a state. We mm-hmm. have work to do and how we fund public education, how we compensate the people who choose to work in public education. That's going to be a long-term fix that I'm going to be a part of, but it's going to take time. In the meantime, what I need to do is make sure that the people, the tremendous people who do show up each and every day to work in Washoe County School District feel supported, 
that they have the tools they need to do their job so that they can feel successful. So that which is within my control to make Washoe County a place where people want to come, Washoe County School District a place where people want to come and work, I'm going to do. Why hasn't, and, and just, I mean, I know there was a, a thing posted yesterday, hiring for teachers' aides at approximately $13 an hour. Why haven't those wages increased? Well, I can't, yeah, I, I haven't been here long enough to speak to the historical nature of that. I hmm. can tell you that you and others know that the, the Board of Trustees did uh, make the, the move to increase salaries in some key areas. So our bus drivers, for example, they increased the hourly wage for our bus drivers, which we think is actually paying off because we have more drivers that are joining and that's a good sign. So while I can't speak to how we got here, what I can say is we need to keep moving forward and we need to, the best of our ability, pay competitive wages. And we know that's an area of concern for us. Is that a legislative fix? I think partially. I think we do need to look at school funding, right? Mm-hmm. That is that is part of it. Uh, there is a per pupil funding uh, model that you know we get a certain amount of money, and from that amount of money, based on the number of students that we have, we staff our schools. Mm-hmm. And so I do think we need to look at how can we make uh, working here a desirable thing? How can we be competitive with not just others in the state, but outside the state? You know, we're not Mm -hmm. just competing with the district next door. We're competing with districts in other states because people now will go where, um, where the, where the jobs are. I will say this though, and, and I, I, I'm very deliberate when we talk about compensation to say compensation is critically important and we need to focus on that. However, at the same time, we need to look at working conditions right? And that is something I can do something about in the near future. And that's why I really want to focus on staff being supported, on them understanding clearly who we are as an organization, what we're working toward. And frankly, Bob, you know, we are not perfect. And we will take the criticism that rightfully comes our way when we get it wrong. But we need to celebrate our staff and students. We have, I've only been here six weeks. We have remarkable people working in Washoe County School District. And, you know, over the last couple of years with the pandemic, I think that our, um, we lost our ability to celebrate as regularly as we should and need to. And it's important. And so I plan to, while owning the areas where we need to improve, celebrate the wonderful people that I get to work alongside with in the school district. What are those areas in particular? Areas of, of of improvement of celebration. No uh, improvement. Of you improvement. said there are areas uh, room for improvement. What are those? Areas? Absolutely. Well, I think we've been talking about staffing. Right. Mm-hmm. We need to figure out a better way to make sure that we are fully staffed. Right. With the best people that we can put in front of our kids. Uh, secondly, we know academically we have room to grow. Uh, our uh, SBA scores, our Smarter Balanced Assessment scores, which is our state assessment, came out and they inched up. I think it's one point nine percent in language arts and two point four percent, I may be off a, a tenth of a point there, in, uh, in math. Uh, certainly not where we want to be. We still have far too many students that are not meeting standard. So we want to pay attention to academics. I also, though, want us to have a broader conversation around how we define academic excellence and how we talk about academics. That summative test, that end of year test, is only one measure. It's one snapshot. It doesn't tell the whole story. And that alone should not define success in the school district. We need to look at other things. So I'm working with staff right now, for example, to make sure that we can show how our students are making growth. And let me give you an example. So we know that our students come to us on various points of the learning continuum. I'm a sixth grade teacher, and I have a a student who comes into me at sixth grade, perhaps reading at a second grade reading level for various reasons. Mm. Um, Even the best teacher 
is going to be hard pressed to help a student make more than two years worth of growth in one year. But teachers can do that. A kid can make two years worth of growth. So that that sixth grader reading at a second grade level makes two years of growth. That needs to be celebrated and replicated. However, that growth will not show up on the SBA, right? They're, st- they're not going to pass that sixth grade test, mm-hmm. but they've made growth. And over the next couple of years, they're going to catch up and be at grade level. We need to have measures where we can present our families and our community and frankly, our students so that they can see their own growth. They need to see a fuller picture of how our students are doing. And that's a, that's a real priority for me. How will you, I mean, you've touched upon it uh, in terms of open communication, but how will you improve uh, the morale and, and the climate within the district at the staff and teacher and even maybe middle management levels? Because, I mean, we don't hear it as much as we did maybe three years ago, but there's still a lot of negativity So. Out there. So the people that I've met so far are, as I said, are welcoming, but they're also eager for change. Uh, they are eager for improvements. And so, you know, we recently had our Leadership Academy where I was able to address uh, probably about 400 staff, our principals, assistant principals, deans, and central office leaders. And, you know, what I conveyed to them was uh, I will always convey honestly what is happening in our district. And I think it's important to remember that two things two things can and often are true at the same time. So I can say, yes, we have work to do in academics, and I can celebrate what our teachers are doing. I think that as, as a community, Bob, we, need, we, we all need to get better at that. Because when people criticize the district, and again, we, 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 we earn that criticism at times. Not all of it, though, frankly. And not all of it. That's but, my next question. But we but, earn some of it. But yeah. I also want to be clear that uh, when people criticize the district, staff are internalizing that. So mm. that's why I want to own where we need to do better, but also celebrate people. And so one of the things that I'm going to do is create a, a recognition um system where each month I'm going to recognize classified and certificated staff who were nominated by their colleagues for going above and beyond. And we're going to make a big thing of it. It's something I did in my prior district. Things like that matter to people, right? I I think our staff understands that I'm not going to be able to improve wages immediately. Nobody's expecting that. But what they can and they should expect from me and what they deserve is to be seen and to be respected and for me to communicate with them about what's going on in a very clear, purposeful way. And to be heard. And yeah. to be heard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, to be seen and heard. Thank you yeah. very much for that. I, th- yes. I think that has been um, a thread that we have um, heard for many years is that, and perhaps it's the size of the system uh, or the district, um, maybe some personalities as well. But uh, I think generally speaking, kind of the message that, that we've picked up has been, you know, we don't want pizza parties. We want to be heard and uh, appreciated. Yeah, and so so I've talked about, you know, creating a culture of appreciation and celebration, but can I just mention a couple of things that I'm going to do to actually hear directly from staff? So sure. first of all, um, I am diligent in monitoring my emails and I will respond to my emails. So when people email me, they'll get a response. Someone wants to meet with me, we'll get that meeting. Might take a while, as you would imagine, we have a long queue right now of people who want a meeting. But I'm also going to be at least once a month going out and doing soup with the soup in a school. And that's where I literally will bring soup. Fortunately, I don't make it, people. Don't be nervous. It's going to actually taste good. Um, But I'm going to bring soup out and just sit in that staff room. And it's an informal sort of freewheeling conversation, whatever's going on. And I want to 
be clear um, that these aren't these aren't uh, photo op moments. I'm not going out to hear how great things are. I'm going out to hear honestly from staff how things are going in their school and frankly what we can do as a district to do better. And hopefully we'll have a couple laughs and have some fun too. I'm also going to have soup sessions with my principals. I'm going to take my principals out and meet with them in small groups a couple times a month to hear directly what's going on. And then I'm going to do. Um, lunch and learns, meeting with each department at central office to hear what's going on. So, so yes, listening is important, but I think you have to operationalize with intention how you're going to create those opportunities for people to be heard. Yeah, thank you for that. That's that's uh, helpful and very specific. Um, we did we did touch upon sort of the community perception piece of uh, what's happened within, or sorry, in the community. Uh, in, with respect to the district. And um, I know there's a lot, we've tried to counter a lot of the misinformation that gets put out Thank there. You. I'm not sure we do a good job all the time, but um, how are you going to deal with that segment of the population that's just completely unreasonable? I mean, they come and speak during public comment at the board meetings and things like that. Um, some of this seems to be somewhat well-coordinated, these sort of attacks on public education. So what, what will you do to mitigate some of that? So a couple of things. First of all, I'll meet with anybody at least once. Right. So anybody who wants You're to meet with than me, me. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but, but I believe that's what I sign on for as a superintendent, right? I am here not just to live in and lead in this community. I'm here to serve this community. Mm -hmm. And so I will meet with even our harshest critics to sit down and have a conversation. Now I, I do though want to say, and I've been asked about this multiple times about what will I do around sort of the, the, the level of discourse that we see perhaps at board meetings and in other things. That's not all on me to do something about. Mm -hmm. We as a community need to decide what we will tolerate and what we will model for our children. And I'm going to be really upfront about this. We need to do better. You mm -hmm. know, and this is a national issue. This isn't unique to us. But I think we need to say that's not how we engage in in in, in civil discourse here. You know, I wanted I want a debate. I, I think disagreement is healthy. I think it's necessary. Frankly, it's I think it's part of the foundation of a democracy that we can disagree. But let's do so in a way that doesn't equate to if I disagree with you, I have to dislike you. I have to disrespect you. Let's move back from that. Let's say let's have the honest conversation. Let's disagree, but let's do do so in a way that's respectful and productive and leads to change so that we're not just spinning in a cycle of disagreement and frankly, I think we need to remember that our children are watching. The next generation of our leaders, of our teachers, of our journalists, they're watching. And so how do we really model for them what it means to engage in real, honest discourse in a way that leads to productive change? Kaylin Evans was here a few weeks mm -hmm. ago, um, and I we talked about this same issue. And I'm paraphrasing what he said, but it was something along the lines of, I can't even meet these people halfway because they're so off kilter and, and not dealing in reality in terms of the information that they believe. How would you do it differently from what he said? Well, first of all, I would say that uh, I 
am really grateful that Kalen is in his role. We've had some incredible meetings, and I think we are going to be great partners in this work and advocating for our staff and for our students. And so I'm grateful for his leadership. Uh, I will say, though, that, that my role as superintendent is very different from his. I don't believe I have the luxury, frankly, of just saying I'm going to just not engage with certain people. Now, I will say, there, there at some point, you do hit a limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if somebody really just has a particular agenda or is not willing to just just be open to a conversation and be challenged on what they're thinking. If if the facts that I bring forward are rejected as as not factual, there's not much I can do there. So I know when to admit defeat, mm-hmm. right? But I'm going to really try hard, and I'm not just going on the outset to assume defeat. <laughs> I'm sure. going to give it my best, and I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. Along those lines, it seems like the the squeaky wheel gets the grease is sort of the operant milieu that the the board meetings seem to take with in particular the public commenters um those people are not reflective of the greater washoe county population uh how will you mitigate their loud vocal um and not always uh, accurate uh, <laughs> uh messaging uh with the fact that you have to be accountable to everybody in the community mm-hmm. sure. at least those of us who have an interest in public education absolutely and particularly students and parents and, and your own staff sure well i think you know as i said we have a tremendous communications team so making sure that we are getting the right information out there and by right i don't mean our agenda i mean accurate information right mm-hmm. so that if if we hear of something or, or something's brought up that's not accurate that we counter that with actually, and we know you heard this, but this is what's really true. And here's are some examples. Um, I am also uh, on my own. I think we can use social media to get the word out there. So I am active on Instagram and Twitter to make sure that I'm getting information out to the community in a more informal way. But I also want us to really partner with people in the community as you know, ambassadors for the district, right? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we have a, a certain theme each month that we're going to focus on, and we put out sort of some bullet points of you know, this is something that we're talking about right now. Here are three bullet points that you can share with people when education or when the school district comes up in a conversation. So, you know, as I said to my 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 colleagues at our leadership academy, uh, when it comes to communication, when you start to feel like you're repeating yourself, you may just be beginning to get the message through. <laughs> I mean, that's how me- that you know, repetition has it. So you just have to keep at it. Um, and I'll be honest with you. I look at communication in a similar way to how I approach teaching. When I taught a lesson and the kids didn't get it, I didn't blame the kids. I went home that night and figured out how come I bombed this lesson? I need to go back and do it differently. So when we communicate out uh, and and it's not resonating, we've got to come back and figure out, we've got to do this differently. And I am very open to suggestions that people have on how we do that. Um, but I think that it's just something that we constantly have to be mindful of. And, and frankly, Bob, are there people who perhaps their minds are already made up about the district? Perhaps. But again, I will give them the benefit of the doubt and still do my best to build that bridge um, so that we can at least communicate in a respectful, open way. Might not agree. That's okay. But at least the lines of communication are open. 
You mentioned um, kind of going way back in the conversation, uh, specific groups and people you're going to be meeting with. Who are those groups and people? So we're putting that list together right now. And I do not presume to know who those people are because again, six week mark. (laughs) So, uh, but you know, what we did in the entry plan was give a list of, of examples of groups. So obviously I'll meet with, you know, faith-based leaders with (laughs) civic groups um, as, as some examples Um, just to, and, and I'm really relying on, uh, my team and trustees who know the community so well to say, hey, here are groups you really should meet with. And by the way, if there's any group listening that would like to, you know, invite me to join them for a conversation, please let me know. Susan.enfield at washoschools.net. Um, I would be more than happy to add that to the list of, of opportunities that I'm going to have to be out in the community. Um, what do you, I know we've kind of touched upon this, but what do you identify as the biggest challenges? facing the, the school district? Well, I think right now it is staffing. Let's is. just be honest. Yeah. yeah okay. I mean, the fact that that school is starting and we don't have staff sufficient to provide daily reliable transportation to our kids, that's a challenge. The fact that we are uh, so close to school starting and are having to pull some of our teachers on special assignment who are doing other very important work around curriculum and all of that, pull them back into the classroom, we need to do better. So staffing, I would say, is our biggest challenge right now. And what I have pledged to uh, the team, but also to the broader community, is that we're going to do everything we can uh, right now to get school up and running successfully. And we're going to have a strong start to the school year, and it's going to be a great school year. Once things are up and running, though, we as a team are going to start planning for next August because we will not be in this position next August. I believe there are long-term things we can do don't ask me yet. It's coming soon. But there are long-term strategies we can put in place so that we won't be scrambling and that we will be able to, you know, really be um, better prepared to start strong a year from now. Thank you so much. Uh, we're running short on time. Is there any final thoughts that you would like to add that we haven't covered? Well, uh, I really appreciate this opportunity and this conversation, and I meant what I said. I'm happy to come back if you'd like to make this a regular thing throughout the year. Um, Maybe I'm, in a year. There you go. There <laughs> I, you try go. To, I try to put... <laughs> Because, you know, things change on a daily basis, Absolutely. But, but maybe six months. That could, that yeah. would that sounds yeah. great. And by okay. then, I actually will have, uh, you can really, I think, hold me accountable then for some specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm still in learning mode, but just know that uh, I am eager to be out and about. I welcome the conversation. I welcome ideas and suggestions. Uh, so please, I hope that people will reach out to me. But uh, the biggest thing that I'd like you and others to know is just how incredibly fortunate I feel to be here. Uh, I said to people, I feel like I won the lottery. Uh, coming here and serving as superintendent. And I love living here. So I'm just very, very grateful. Thank you so much. Much appreciated. That's it for this week in Reno News. Please give the podcast a review on your podcast app and visit us online at thisisreno.com.